3: I want winners. I want people that want to win.
2: It's that time again for we want winners. You see if you're watching on video, you see Roderick Adams there hanging out. I'm Double G and we're going to talk about what's been going on in 49ers world but also what's about to come up because free agency officially starts this week on Wednesday so you'll start seeing uh some uh, some moving and some action. I don't know how much the 49ers will be involved but we'll talk about it. But first off, Roderick,
3: what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Um just kind of hanging out doing my thing in my free time. Studying this 49er <laughs> free agency nonsense and Really trying to get into the draft, but man, I tell you what, it's hard when you don't got picks into the third day. It's 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 really hard for me to get amped up trying to figure out who the hundredth pick in the draft is gonna be. It's just it's it's just that's a little too much for me. Well, I, I started to think about it from their perspective too, because you hear
2: how these teams do their board and whether or not they rank guys one through a hundred or you know, how they sort them and what the priority is. Like, that that seems pretty easy to do for the first round and maybe even the second round. But, like, three through seven, that's tough because you're just basically, the entire process is based on who you think the other team is taking versus who's really going to be there.
3: Which just, I mean, that's what, all right. There's a certain level of, Suspension of reality—you have to go through to do just mock drafts, like you say for the first round. Yeah. Because unless you do it, like, um, like the NBC Sports Group, they have an advantage because they have these outlets all over the place, and you can, you know, let's get our Cleveland Browns affiliate to do this, and then the Carolina, and so on. So then you could do kind of a, a, you know, because obviously we don't know. But if you're dialed into the team, you know their needs. You got an idea of what they're going to do. So those kind of mock drafts kind of make sense. But other than that, if you're just one dude sitting there trying to figure out what the (laughs) hell 31 other teams are going to do, it really gets silly fast. And then, like you say, I can even suspend reality to do that for the first and second round. But you start talking about the third and the fifth round picks it just it's it's just it's too much for me at this point so i'm you know trying to study but i'll get really invested at the end of day two and as we go into day three i think that's how you have
2: to do it because you can see who's sliding and you can see the type of player or the position that may be sliding as well and then you can sort of go oh that person you know From everything I saw, they were a late first rounder and all of a sudden they may be available in round three and and then you can kind of dance around that. But yeah, it's 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 a it seems like it's a giant crapshoot. But then again, people get paid millions of dollars to talk about it and to study it and to talk to people and figure out who people are are pushing and who aren't they aren't pushing and which teams are taking. So, I mean, there's value in it. Of course, I I don't know if these guys really get graded. Like I would love this now. This is where I would love the analytics to come in. Let's take Mel Kiper, let's take Todd McShay, and let's create a, a grading system, and let's go back through all of their drafts and see who does better, and then we can decide this is the yeah. person we're going to listen to. That would be fun, but I, I think I don't think they would like that very much because the teams, <laughs> the teams themselves, I'm sure, when they get the you know 2 years ago here's the draft and and the, we have one player like that's not fun that's can't be fun. Yeah All right so let's talk about a couple of things just before we went on air word came out that the 49ers were going to re up Tashawn Gibson and it looks like 1 year 2.9 million he uh, and Hufunga were the were the twosome uh, in in the secondary Uh, And so I don't, I'm going to guess that means uh, Jimmy Ward's time in, in San Francisco is done. That was that, it was probably done before the 49ers decided that Gibson was the guy, but uh, one year, 2.9. And this is from a guy who I don't think a lot of people even thought he would, you know, I mean, maybe he, he'd make the roster, but he sure wasn't on anybody's list to start last year. And he made, uh, he had a great year, and he made some money. Good job for him. He's still in the
3: league. He proved he could play, and uh, Niners bring him back. He doubled up. Um, he he's making roughly double what he made last year, which and is still relatively affordable. I went through that Lombardi <laughs> and Barrows exercise. <laughs> Barrow's exercise. <laughs> Let me talk about that a little later. But that was the number that they had assigned for him is one of the few that was really accurate. They've got like, they've got, um, for example, they've got E-Man in there at like $4 million. There's no way in hell he's going to sign for that. That's just, it's just everywhere else, um, like over the cap and spot track have him up around 15, 16 million. If he mm. and if, and even if he's not, <laughs> I don't think he's going to sign anywhere near three or $4 million. So that's that, you know, but this one, they, um, they nailed. And then there's another one that they've got that we're probably going to talk about also, which is Brendel. The number they've got for him is ridiculous too. So, um, but that they hit this one and I, he was on my final roster. So we got that one, right? So we're like one for one so far. There you go. Uh,
2: So just, just thoughts. I mean, Probably moving away from Jimmy, and Jimmy's going to be too expensive for them. And I think Shanahan made his choice last year, right? When he told Jimmy, "You got to, if if you don't want to play as the third DB, then uh, or or the nickel, you're probably not going to play." And so that kind of told him, "Okay, here is how we value you," which means if you can find another team that values you as a starting safety, you're going to make more money. And for him, yeah. I hope he does. I hope he makes a lot mm-hmm. more money. Yeah. And that's,
3: that's what it's going <clears> to, <throat> that's what it's going to come down to. Cause you just, um, like it's the spot track has him at, as like $7 million is what the number is for safety, And that it's just hard. It's hard, man, to um, you start looking at, um, I that's what I've you know you you think when you go through that exercise, it it becomes clear quickly, is that I went ahead and full boat, I restructured everybody we could restructure, um mm-hmm. so that was like Warner, um of course Nick being extended, um restructuring Warner restructuring Trevarius Ward, um and then Bosa, so that increase the amount of money that we had to work with with like 12 million dollars which still when you start talking about people talking about signing guys like this smith or um pick your top level free agents yeah it becomes e-man or um what is, well what does it say what, about mcglinchey exactly that that's an a, another one is it it, it at 15 million dollars it just doesn't you can't do it. even if you wanted to you can't it's just you know because even um going after mid level free agents like i did you still have a hard time coming up with 53 players without cuz like on my final roster it's like 8 or 9 draft picks making the 53 man roster mm-hmm. so, i mean oh you know, that's a that's a a crapshoot in the best years. But on my final roster, we've got like four or five defensive linemen who are rookies who would need to play. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's hard to do, but I just don't see how you can fill out those spots the way they filled them out with, um, even bargain level, um, Veterans, I mean, because yeah. the difference between what a rookie makes and what even a mid, mid, um, a minimum veteran is like double. I mean, a mid vet, a bit mid vet makes like six or seven hundred thousand more than what a rookie does. So, I mean, you add that up to like 10 or 12 roster spots, that ends up being a lot of money <laughs> over. You know, spread out through the roster, so it's going to be interesting to see what decisions they made um, in terms of um, allocating their resources. Um, because it was difficult to 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 um, come up with good players or players that you would really, really want um, at bargain prices. They they just don't exist. Okay, so what does that say then about?
2: the value of Brock Purdy being the starting quarterback, you know, in the near future versus Trey, because Trey's going to be uh, a next year will be his third, third year, fourth year. Mm-hmm. Third, so, so then he's going to be coming up for renewal at some point. And you saw the dance that you had to do with, with the current salaries, you bump him up and that Brock Purdy, Seventh round salary for a couple more years. All, all of a sudden, looks so much uh, more
3: tempting, right? Well, I mean, I guess if 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 in fact you believe that they're that if you believe he's the better player, then I guess that's what you do. And if if they're close, I guess that's what you do. But that's what I again. That's just I don't I don't see him that way. I'm, I need more data before I'm willing to make that leap. I, you know, I, again, I'm just not, I'm not convinced yet. You know, the eight games didn't sway me into believing in, in, in I'm not a truther yet. So I, I just need to see more. But yes, to your point, if he is what a lot of, you know, the fans believe him to be, um, then yes, that will definitely, having him at like a million dollars for the next whatever, four, I guess, four years now, um, would be a, a huge boon. Um, yeah, and it's not even what finance.
2: I what I think. It's just what the numbers say, and and what the cap says is that if you if Purdy can be your guy at that number, he's so much more valuable than Trey at his number, unless Trey just severely outplays him. And that's that's the kind of dance that they have to do, though. That that is sometimes when you see cap decisions and you go wow why did they cut this guy why did the rams trade jalen ramsey it is because if they can find someone so much cheaper who maybe plays at 80 percent of that player it's just so much more valuable to a salary cap sport especially if your team isn't fantastic right if you're if you're well, kind I of mean, in a it,
3: rebuild it makes a lot more sense if you're in a rebuild than it does if you're a good team, yeah. and also that's never the, th- those are never decisions that we've made at the quarterback position historically in this league. That well, if we've got a number one, but we've got this guy that we think is eighty percent of what he is, that that's just never been how the math has has worked. They never, nobody's ever moneyballed the quarterback position, it, as far as I know. Um, so that would be to do that would be, I mean, it it makes sense to me, but it, well, it, well, here here's a here's a real life example. As has...
2: here here's here's an example that I think fans would understand. Colin Kaepernick as a second round pick, playing at his salary, he was the dandy of the franchise, and the second that they had to sign him to a bigger deal, even though if you look back at that deal, the guarantee is not gigantic on that deal, but it's almost like they changed their minds about him very shortly after they had to sign him to big money. And it's just, uh, unfortunately, because of it's, it's a salary cap sport. You know, if you, if you do not perform at that top level, which I think it's arguable that he did, for that, the 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 second year uh, when they when they missed the play or when they missed the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, but the team just degraded around him, and all of a sudden, like we said, when you're in a rebuild, oh, there's this giant number at at QB, and we suck. So guess who get guess who we'd rather pay? We'd rather pay the guy who's going to come and pay for whatever the minimum is. So it's just it's just funky how that works, uh, and. That's, football's ruthless in of itself with, with a lot of the non-guaranteed money. But let's, uh, let's switch to uh, Brock because Brock went under the knife. And I will read from uh, The Athletic uh, by Jeff Howe and Matt Barrows. They wrote that he underwent successful surgery Friday to repair the ruptured ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Purdy's expected to begin throwing in three months, so this isn't the reconstruction that we had talked about and that we were worried about. And he should be recovered in six months, which will put him near a week one return. Um, obviously, the surgery was delayed. He his doctor was uh, Keith Meister, who's a physician for the Rangers, and uh, Meister has extensive background in elbow injuries, uh, which are more common in baseball. So, I. I know the guy's young, but we we talked about this on the last show is because he's young, because he has his career ahead of him. I'm not sure I not that I don't believe the week one thing, like I'm sure they want him there, but at some point, I think they will probably change that date. And I, I would be surprised if Trey Lance is not the starting quarterback week one of
3: the season. <clears throat> He would have to be awful. (laughs) I would think he would have to be awful for them to, to, um, for him not to be the one who to go all through training camp, go all through preseason, and then, okay, Brock, you're cleared. Here you go. (laughs) You know, you have no practices or very few practices. Because, I mean, if we just go by the dates that we're looking at right now. Six months is basically week one. Mm-hmm. Six months from today is week one. So, um, I, I I just don't see how we go through the entire off season program, training camp, preseason, and this guy's quarterback one, and then that you know we just roll Brock out there. i I that again, I guess that could happen. I guess they could see they could be so alarmed by what they see from Trey, um, and were so hardened by what they saw last season from Brock that, you know, they make him, you know, QB one week one. But I I would doubt that. I, I would think that, you know, barring something really unforeseen, it would be Trey. And then as we move forward, you know, it may be goes to a kind of week to week kind of high school um king of the mountain type thing where if Brock is ready and he wants to call out Trey, take his job then um we do that but um yeah so that i would hopefully by week one we're in a position where brock is is they're comfortable enough with him where he can be qB two and then whoever the other guy is can slide into that three row and then we're ready to roll for week one that that would be how I would think it would play out.
2: We didn't have an opportunity to see this last year because of course, Trey got hurt, but I wonder if Shanahan sees scenarios in his offense that if Brock is QB one, there are packages for Trey that are just so tantalizing that he, he does kind of mix it up uh, here and there, you know, just to keep defenses honest, including you know, certain scenarios where, you know, you want to keep people thinking about it, right? Like you guys had the kind of game plan for two QBs here. We're, we're not just going to show you one look. Here's what we can do at Brock. And, oh, yeah, we got this guy who can throw the ball 75 yards on a laser and who can run. Uh, and, and you kind of have to pay attention to two uh, packages with both
3: guys. That's what you saw in training camp last year. Is it with Trey at quarterback? You have to. The defense has to defend every blade of grass from sideline to sideline, and and from the to the farthest end of the other goal line. I mean, to the other um, boundary, he can get the ball there from everywhere, and he did routinely. Um, And the way he I can't I I wish they don't let you record that but <laughs> it I, I when they the day that they installed the first day they did quarterback run game install mm-hmm. it was a thing of beauty it was a thing of beauty he was he took it to the house twice once the very first run was a 65 yarder around the left hand side and nobody you know, I understand it's not tackle, but nobody would have grabbed his flags. Nobody would have two hand touched him. Nothing. It was just, he. He just outran the best defense in the league. It was. It was beautiful. And then he took another one to the right side, thirty five yards. It, so it was just. And I I understand people didn't see that, and all they saw is him get stood up and get hurt. and yeah. Oh no! Don't run the ball. I'm telling you, man. This dude, it, it, he's different. And I I, basically just as a player's guy, I just want to see this dude get his fair opportunity. I'm a 49er fan. So I would love to see him get that opportunity here, but if they don't think he's the guy, just don't F him over, get him out of here, go somewhere let him go somewhere else and shine somewhere else. Don't don't mess him up. If Brock is your guy, then that's beautiful. There are 31 other places or maybe not that many. There are other people that got quarterbacks, but hell, Houston don't got one. (laughs) You know, there are places where you could go. And I know that's not their job is to, you know, put him in the best situation for him to thrive. That's, you know, I know that's, that's not what they're in the business of doing. But that's what I want to see is if he, if it's not here, that he gets a shot, that his career isn't just derailed and short circuited here and behind some political BS. I, I, I just hope that doesn't happen.
2: Um, and and, and uh, the Packers may may have to play a QB that they may not be in love with. There's the, the quarterback carousel. I mean, you said David Carr, uh, Derek Carr. I always call him David. It's <laughs> like without fail, I call him David. Derek Carr signs with New Orleans for big money. And, you know, you see teams like Carolina, Carolina just trades up for the number one pick. So they're probably going to take a QB Um, there. They will need a vet behind that QB one. Uh, And so, you know, there's just, it just happens year after year. You see quarterbacks move. Tampa is going to need a QB because Tom Brady retired. So there's going to be opportunities. And like you, I would rather see that opportunity happen with the Niners if but, you know, if he if he beats out Brock, if he doesn't beat out Brock, then, yeah, you got to you got to you kind of have a big money player in your backup spot who is not a proven backup in that same vein as someone like, you know, the that that you would normally sign in that role. So it, it's kind of an it, that 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 contract can be a little bit of an issue if you are not in, in, in the, in the starting role. So that's something that we don't have to talk about right now or really look at, but I, I, I guarantee that's in the back of their mind. Like it just has to be right. Like if he's not starting, then his value is, is so much less as a backup. Cause we have this, we invested so much capital in this guy to not be our starting, starting quarterback. They do not want to see that, but
1: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
2: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off.
1: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Um,
2: Another person that the Niners uh, re-upped, Colton McKivitz. Two-year deal, five point eight million. Um, it's they if they believe McGlinchey is gone, you needed to bring McKivitz back. And uh, how did he fit in your in your space that you were that you were looking at?
3: Well, I mean, I put him there just because you know. By the time I was working it out, they had done that. I still think they need a veteran. And there's another spot that um there's another spot that who vacated oh, um, you've got um well that's guard, so that's different um Brunskill doesn't look like he'll be back um but yeah there's a there's another offensive tackle spot that I slotted in had him has slotted in as another veteran minimum guy, but the guys that are. Out there in that space, like Billy Turner and you know, that type of player, they, they aren't really good. They're just, you know, they're they're pros. So you're you're gonna either hope that you know McKibbitz can step up and do the job, or that you can draft somebody, or that more, or I don't even know how you pronounce. Z man, what's Z man? Yeah, I don't that, even know how you. Z uh, a k e l j, however you pronounce that. Yeah, he's Z man to me. <laughs> um, so maybe I mean because both of those guys are athletically, um, they profile as guys that, you know coming off the bus would be guys you'd want out there. But you know, we didn't see Z Man at all. And when Moore has been out there, he's looked kind of lost. So so and McKibbitz, he played well for um Trent when he was out there. He's nowhere near the run blocker that um Mac is. Um but he, you know, he showed in in his limited time to be maybe a better um equipped pass blocker so that'll be interesting but I just I just can't believe long term that he is the guy they want to be the right the starting right tackle he would be more of a guy that I would think you'd want to have as in like the Tom Compton role who's kind of there as a swing guy backup for both positions if you need him there but because, again, this is a team that the record is whatever it is when we rush the ball 25 times or more. And from what I've seen, McKibbis just isn't the guy that you want firing off trying to, you know, he's not going to be the mauler that um, Mackey is. You yeah. know, he, he's just physically, he's just not that kind of player. And then you couple that with, again, I I was coupling him, with Brendel, but now it seems like that might be <laughs> up in the air, but they are both, both he and Brendel aren't necessarily the same physical players that Burford banks and Williams are, or Mac. They're just, they're a more of a finesse type of player. And at what point do you start to have a, dis, a diminishing returns on a physical offense, line when you've got guys that you know that don't profile um like everybody else i i, I don't know that i don't know the answer to that but that's a question that i have
2: all right we're we're going to talk about free agency in a second but i just want to mention because this is the first show of the week i think we're going to go three shows in a row so after rod and i tomorrow brad and i will come back with thompson and clark and i'm watching this world baseball classic Mexico is smoking the USA team right now. Oh, it's, really? not, it's not looking good. Um, and then on Tuesday, Brian and I will be back with the death lineup. We actually went to see, so I've seen Creed three twice and I went and saw it at the IMAX. Cause that's how they shot it. And I took my son. And uh, so we saw it last night and uh, right when we were leaving, we're like, ah, should we get food? Nah, we're good. And then as I was leaving, I found this little, hole-in-the-wall joint. And to say hole-in-the-wall, I don't mean like... It's just in a spot where there is nothing else. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know this was here. They're showing the Warriors game, so then we hung out and stuck around to watch the Warriors game. And we watched them come back against Milwaukee. Just, st- I mean, it, it was Steph doing Steph stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, So we'll talk about that game, and then they play Phoenix on Monday. So we'll be able to talk about some games on Tuesday. And the last thing is... Uh, we have a little March Madness pool, just a for fun pool. We'll have the folks uh, on some of the shows doing it. We're kind of combining it with my sister network, uh, the Fight Game Media Network, and uh, just people who are who listen to both networks. You know, whoever wants to join. So that is in uh, on the Twitter, or you can email me gg at bspnmedia.com, and I, I can in, I can invite you, send you the link there. Uh, all right, now. The free agency period begins Wednesday. I think you can start talking to players Monday, maybe without tampering rules mm-hmm. being in effect. So we'll probably start hearing stuff from, uh, from the, the main beat writers uh, for the NFL when it comes to reporting. And I imagine that stuff will probably start happening to tomorrow or Tuesday, just because you, you can talk to people. But when you were doing this exercise, I think I I don't know if fans expect any big names coming, but I would say if there's a bigger name coming, it has to be in a trade rather than during the free agent period. Right. I would think so.
3: And, but we, the thing about that is I, I'm not, I, I know exactly what we've got in terms of picks now. Um But I, I don't really, you know between, I know that the, trade trade is just about complete um but you know we we've got we had the what we gave up for cmc i don't even know what we have really in terms of you know picks to really trade anymore i you know i, I i'm not saying that we don't have i'm just i don't know i i'm not i'm not really caught up on what we have as far as like next year and the year after you. Right. Um because they got they got eleven picks in this draft.
2: Holy crap. They right. got the maximum number of compensatory picks that you could get in for one single year because of all the people that they lost. Yeah. So that
3: that would be it that would, would be my thought. But then even then the 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 trade doesn't mitigate the fact that you still have to make room. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have to have the cap. Room And that's where, like I say, you start, you bring in anybody over, you know, this, that's a $10 million player. It, it starts to get, you know, you know, really scarce quick. So, okay, now you filled that one spot. Now you still got another, you know, nine positions that you still need to fill um, with at that point, you know, three or $4 million, which gets, you know, just gets a real gets real tricky where you starting talking about, Bet minimums and then, you know, hoping you're going to be able to pencil in um, rookies. And and I haven't been able to I've been researching and I haven't been able to find out as it relates to prior years, like, for example, the 2020 draft was kind of different in that people knew you you're going to be able to get a lot of good players late because of the whole covid thing and so it was like two classes in one that was like one of those years where yes. it was going to be a super super deep draft and it ended up be, it ended up being that way um that year I think we kept um it was like 10 um 10 draft picks made our roster that year and it, but it over the course of the Um, Lynch Shanahan regime, it averages out to like eight a season. There's like eight rookies that end up on the 53. So that's where I ended up at. Um, this year with, um, with even with all those picks, you know, eight of them end up being rostered. Um, again, I'm just, just putting draft pick numbers in spots not really you know i haven't really done enough research to be able to say the linebacker is going to be this guy or whatever but yeah it's so it's going to be it's going to be it, again like most years though I- anymore in the NFL the draft is important you need these guys if not in the first year they're second and third you know they need to play you know you you can't the the days of just um Replenishing your roster through free agency, it's hard to do that because, again, vets just make more than rookies do. So if you could pay a rookie to pay, you know, to use your example before, to pay at 80% or 75% of what his veteran counterpart is, you know, that's the decision that ends up being made. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, was there anybody
2: that you had your eye on who you thought? Niners could afford and who you may think, you know, t- w- would be more valuable. To, so you, you just think it's, it's the guy who they can bring back from their own squad. Well,
3: I mean, I, I thought, well, I went into free agency thinking that, well, it would be nice to upgrade that position. But if, you know, the number that I initially saw was that he would be around or three or four million dollar player which kind of fit nicely into the cap so i mean when you put that all together that he's you know he's in the system you kind of know what you get even though he ranks out at like 20 out of 36 i mean 20 out of 32 centers which is i mean that's not great but you know i know that like you know that it's not Madden, so you're not gonna have all pros at every position. Some places you're gonna have guys that are just kind of middle of the road players, and he, you know, he can. The offense ran with him there, so let's do it. But now, what I thought was gonna be a three or four million dollar cap number is looking a lot more like eight or nine million. Wow! And I mean, at those prices, I mean that brings. Then now you're like. Right at the top of the market of the free agents that are out there. So I mean, if I'm paying, if I'm gonna pay Brendel nine, <laughs> I'm gonna look at you know th- that guy that I don't, I don't even know. The, I you started looking at other centers. I'm like, well, hell, this guy they've got his value at thirty. I mean, at eleven. So I mean, hell. What's, what's $2 million between friends at this point? So right. I just, I didn't believe that his market was going to be, and they say that, you know, Houston's going to be in on Brendel. Um There's several teams, according to Mayuko's um, reporting today, that um, Brendel's going to find a, rebu- a, a robust market and that mm. that 8 to $9 million is not, out of the question. So, and and it sounds like three to four million is definitely out of the question. So that's going to be an interesting decision that they have to make there in terms of the center position that I didn't think going in. I knew that, you know, Mac was, they were going to be challenged to meet the market for him. But I, I had not anticipated that Brindle could possibly, that his market to price us out. So that is going to be some, that's the, the, the place that I'm really interested in to see where we're at, you know, on Wednesday. So there was
2: uh, somebody in in the discord throughout uh, Ryan Kelly available for trade. But like you said, even these players who are available for trade, they still have salaries that come attached that you then have to
3: fit in to, to what you're trying to do. Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking at Ryan Kelly now, and what is, what his number is for this season, and I'm sure that it's high, um, because he he was I believe he signed last year, yeah, center, yeah. So it's gonna be it's it's real interesting to um, this is like it's like relating um to see what we're gonna be able to do, we're gonna be reshaping our offensive line. It looks like even more than what we initially thought it was gonna be. Like, yeah, his number is 14 for this year. Um, Ryan Kelly's is 146, so closer to 15. Wow. That's like Mac money right now. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 starting tackle money for a center. So I, I don't know that we would be I mean, he's a good player for sure, but that I, I, seems a little bit rich for our blood um, unless you've got a player going back the other way.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, all right, so what about um, these seven compensatory picks that the Niners received? So my thought was they could probably move up just because they have a lot But you're probably not able to move into the first round just because it would take uh, a few more than they probably want to pick up. Because like you said, I mean, if what you said is true, where you have uh, on average eight rookies making the roster, the majority of those are going to come from your draft. There will be some uh, some folks that you, you pick up who don't get drafted, but. In, in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, maybe they could move up for a guy who they really believe in. But then I was like, wow, if you do that, then you just have less picks to, to deal with. And you're really trying to fill out certain positions, but also just depth for, for them because they're they're so heavy with, with really good players all around the roster.
3: Yeah, I think, they, you know, obviously, you know, I don't have a say, but I I would. Rather just have more um, more shots at it, just take you know I'd rather have more um, opportunities to mm-hmm. get it right than I would you know bundling those together and um try to hit a home run because I think we are in a position where we need more um We need more depth than we do like one single individual player Um, because we're looking, or at least I believe they're looking, not just for this season because I'm doing this study on draft picks and it just shows that it's, it's rare that you get draft picks that late in the draft that contribute immediately. But you are expecting, if not this year, definitely next year, for those guys to start paying dividends, to start moving into spots, filling in for like somebody like Gibson, who was on a one-year deal. You'd probably hope to draft somebody that can be an understudy and be ready to kind of slide in there um, next year, um, you know, play maybe an ancillary role this year and be able to take a job next year. Same thing with at other positions, like maybe – center or, you know, whatever you do, if you got, you got, um, McKibbit that right tackle, maybe mm-hmm. he, you know, is he a stopgap? I don't know. And hopefully that maybe, you know, that draft pick or, or Z man or somebody else can be the guy that, cause again, that's just how I see McKibbitz with his versatility is kind of being his role being like one step back and being kind of a swing guy. Um, and, getting somebody who's there is is really uh rt1 but um you know again that but that's just the ecosystem of the NFL is you're looking for those rookies to take the place of higher um of more expensive veteran players and that that's how good teams stay good is that you know they're able to to make to facilitate that happening um um rather consistently so I would think having more bites at the apple would be better.
2: Um. Okay. I wanted to talk about a couple more things. This is a little bit more, you know, just speculation and where you feel certain players are going to go because there is a, you know, once this market opens this week, there's going to be a lot of attention on a player who we've watched day in and day out for the last five years or so named Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think Jimmy's market is and where do you see Jimmy possibly going?
3: I think the, you know, for the Jimmy market, I think what Aaron Rodgers decision affects him um, a lot, because I would think, you know, from what I've heard that if that, Rogers to the Jets is all in his court. Now, if, if does he want to go to the Jets or do, does he want to retire or whatnot? It seems right. like the Packers are ready to move on. Yes. So it seems that from the reports out of New York, that if Rogers, for whatever reason doesn't end up there, there would be a market for Jimmy. There it seems like he's got a market in Las Vegas. So if I'm him, I would definitely prefer that Jets situation to the Raiders situation, but I could also see that, you know, being through all that he's went through, I, that I wouldn't want, if the Raiders have some money on the table, <laughs> I would probably, even though the Jets are a better situation, I'd rather have the bird in the hand than, you know, standing around waiting for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to do what the hell he's going to do. Um, so, again, I, I think those are the two big Jimmy markets. And then after that, it's like, you know, kind of all, all the rest of the situations are kind of crummy, actually. <laughs> so I, if I were him, I, I would probably be trying to move sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy's going to make some money this, this um, you know, because after Rodgers is off the board, all of a sudden, if you're a team that um, thinks you've got, um some prospects you could do a lot worse than jimmy garoppolo i would think he fits
2: in either spot i think he can play he's gonna play in new york he's gonna be uh at the at the hottest spots because he's jimmy and there's gonna be a giant flashlight on him and everything that, that he does and I mean, maybe he, maybe that is not perfect for him, depending on whether he balls out or not. But I think, I think he would like the at least off the field attention of of a big city like that, and Vegas similarly too. Like the thing about Vegas is they're still in their infancy of of the Raiders, and they haven't had that that guy sort of take over. You know Derek Carr was not that guy to really own that city and Jimmy could definitely do that uh Shelvin mentioned Houston mm-hmm. uh, li- like I said they're there uh, and, and he, the Houston tie is if Nico uh, liked him right him. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it, and Casario drafted him right so. right so the I mean the other spot could be uh you know if, if I, I'm assuming Carolina takes a QB that's why they traded up uh, Jimmy probably doesn't want to do this whole Trey Lance thing over again where they draft him, you know, they, they draft the guy who they want, and Jimmy's just there waiting. He probably doesn't want to go through that again, so I don't think that is going to be his spot. But And in th-
3: Carolina just sounds like a mess. How do you trade for the number <laughs> one pick? And now – And now they're talking about, well, they might be looking at Lamar, too. Well, I mean, hell, if you're going to do that, you could have traded that draft pick. You don't trade the number one pick. I mean, you don't give up what you gave up to get the number one pick and then turn around. I mean, not to say that signing Lamar is a bad idea. We're going to talk about Lamar in a second here. It's a great idea. But if if that's what you're going to do, then... I wouldn't have done the other thing. Yeah, I would have decided whether or not I was going to do this other thing with Lamar yep. before I did the other thing with the first round pick. Oh, totally so, for the number one pick. So, you know, it did what that tells me is that Carolina is just a mess. <laughs> yeah, so. totally,
2: totally. That they, they they had to know that Lamar thing was out there because we all have eyes. Like we saw what happened at the end of the season. So. This is not like new, new, new news. Uh, I'm Obviously, the, the franchise tag is the news, but... Uh, okay, here's another player. and You mentioned him already. Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets seems to be on the table, and it's basically up to him. While I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, I do... I will miss him because the Niners and the Packers had a little thing going on, you know, over the years we've played him in big games there. He hit the Packers have been better than the, than the Niners more so during his career. But, you know, there was the, there was the whole Alex and and Aaron thing that we lived through from Oh six. And then, you know, when C when Colin was, was, was good and we're going into green Bay and, and, you know, putting up 40 points on them or whatever it was, and, the, and then, even up to not last year, but the year before, where we go into Green Bay and they're the number one seed and we beat them in the snow. Those are very memorable Aaron Rodgers moments. And I, I, I feel like uh, that would, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, the Packers should be good just because of their history to the NFL. And it's good for the NFL that the Packers are good. If Aaron Rodgers is gone, I think, uh, I don't know, I think, the, I think they're going to be in, in, in the bottom. With with uh, Jordan Love at quarterback or whomever they they find to to play QB. But, you know, and the other thing about that, and, and this is, you know, sort of what you were talking about where teams kind of don't know what they're doing or not knowing what to expect. This poor this dude, Jordan Love, hasn't played at all. And soon they're gonna have to figure out if he's the guy because they're gonna have to re sign him to a bigger contract. And yeah. that just sounds like a mess.
3: Yeah. Yep. I, you know, I have to admit that, although obviously I'm a Niner fan, you know, I, my rooting interest as a youth college wise was Cal. So Marshawn and A-Rod and Deshaun Jackson, those guys, you know, they always had, you know, even though they played on different teams in the NFL, always had kind of a special place in my heart. And I never really forgave, you know, Mike Nolan for not. (laughs) making the <laughs> obvious <to> pick um, <laughs> low so many years ago. I mean, how things would be different. I mean, think of, Rogers think of was. how
2: coaching works and you have all of these opportunities even if you get fired or even if it doesn't work. Mike Nolan, just off of this one move, because he had the full reign of, of the organization, this one move essentially made him unhireable ever again, right? Did he, did he, was he a head man
3: anywhere? Mm-mm. I know he was a defensive Mm-mm. coordinator. Yeah. I mean, cause he's a, he's a brilliant defensive coordinator yeah. to this day. He's a brilliant defensive coordinator. Um But it's just, do you letting defensive guys make decisions on quarterbacks? I think if that didn't nail that coffin shut, it should have He had no business being, you know, because a defensive coordinator is looking for completely different things (laughs) in a quarterback than uh, an offensive guy is. You know, he's looking at it from the mindset again. Now, granted, I was having this this I won't say argument conversation with someone um, earlier this month that actually nobody really knows offense better than a great defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, we were, we were talking about it in the context of Kyle and his input in the creation of our defense, which basically he molded it in, in the image of a defense that he would not want to work against. And the pushback was, what does Kyle know about offense? Well, hell he knows all about offense because that's what he does is his job is to, well I mean, he knows all of what does he know about defense? His job is to know all the weak spots and find and attack defenses. So and vice versa. Offense defensive coordinators are probably some of the smartest people you ever meet when it comes to um the schematics and the way offensive works. So it wasn't that Mike Nolan was dumb in when it came time to um Make a decision about a quarterback. It's just from a mindset. Even in his quotes during the time, he didn't like Aaron Rodgers's um, swagger. He didn't like the confidence that um, you know. And Alex Smith was you know, basically more obedient. Okay, is isn't not- that? But
2: isn't that what it was? Was I have all this power, and I want this young kid to recognize that? Right. Right.
3: And Aaron Rodgers wasn't that guy.
2: <laughs> you know, you mentioned those. You know, you mentioned the Cal teams. My Cal, my favorite Cal teams were uh, Mike Pulowski and uh, Russell White at running back. Those, yes. were my, those were my oh, favorite. Oh my Cal god!
3: Yeah, so <laughs> those. I mean, I mean, we were never really great on a national level, but um, we they were some. Those were some fun teams too. Yeah, those were some really fun teams as well. And, and uh, Robert mentions uh, Mike Nolan's contract with Reebok oh to make a sideline suit. Oh,
2: <sighs> that was that guy
3: was such a clown. Oh.
2: <laughs> All right, last last thing I want to ask you about, and you mentioned him already, is this Lamar situation? What happens? What what can happen? I, you know, if you're if you're the 49ers, you have to sniff around, not that you can really make anything happen. What would it take to bring him? Like it, it it's it's almost impossible to do, but you're not doing your due diligence if you're not looking at least into it. And, you know, maybe maybe the Ravens. Three, think Trey Lance was the top QB in that draft, and you know, and it, it,
3: it, that that's where the
2: conversation yeah, so would have to start. I think
3: it will. It would that the the Niners. The only way they can get in is to negotiate with the to say that we don't have a first round pick this year, so we can't just sign him and hope they don't match. We you know we'd have to go to the Ravens and say, Hey, what do you want for? Lamar. Um, yeah. So that's where that would have to start. And like you say, you have to, you have to make that call at least, you know, you're not doing your job if you no. don't not if you don't make that call. But I, I've got a couple of thoughts on this thing. I, I don't necessarily think I see people saying, well, you see, he's not getting any offers. That's, you know, Pete says that people don't want to you know, aren't interested in Lamar. I don't think that's it at all. I just think that nobody, wa- the the Ravens don't want to be the guys that do what, that did what Cleveland did and be the first team, the second team, to give a guy a bunch of guaranteed money. I mean, yeah. all guaranteed money. And I, I think that's where we're at with Lamar. Is Lamar, is this is the number I want. The number of years we can deal with, but I want my money to be all guaranteed. And... That's where I think it's a collusion, not collusion type situation. because Nobody else wants to be the guy that does that. I don't think the Ravens want to be that guy, but they don't mind if the Falcons come in and offer him that contract and then they just match that contract right. Then they can say, well, we didn't do it. We just, we just matched it. So the Falcons can be the bad guy and not us. And I think it's on the other side that these teams, aren't not interested. They just don't want to be the, the patsy to go in here, do all the work negotiating this contract for the Ravens just to say, okay, thanks. We're going to match and then, you know, move on. So it's, it's kind of a, that's where the stalemate comes in is who's going to be the team that, um that puts the contract out there to Lamar. And I don't think that, I think, I I think there are several teams that could be in the mix. And I don't think that whoever comes out, the one, whoever ends up doing it, if it's not the Ravens, I don't think it's going to be a team that we were all, who's a usual suspect team. I think somebody's going to come up and we're going to be kind of shocked that that team was the one that did it. Um, And then it'll be in the Ravens court as to whether or not they match, which which I just cannot believe that they would let him walk two first round picks that's just that's just nuts to me yeah no it is
2: it's crazy to think about yeah you know if, if you just base it on value and who's worth more he's he's very much worth more worth what he's asking but like you said that the the sean watson contract is a killer for these teams as is the russell wilson contract now wilson does at least have you know the a super bowl win and he's been in big playoff games so you know you could talk yourself into well you know we probably paid him a little bit based on what he did then on what he was going to do but this deshaun watson contract was all about what he could do uh, on a good team and man like that really that really changed the market for what these guys are worth and i want to see lamar get the biggest bag possible cuz i think he's a really good player uh, they're going to use lots of things against him. I'm, I'm I'm sure, or at least they will try, you know, him not coming back last year and then maybe being hurt and for whatever reason, not being happy, not being the greatest teammate. Oh, you've heard all of these stories. I don't know what is true and what is not true. Uh, I'm sure a lot of this stuff is planted by different people, but man, when you just talk about the guy on the field, he's so dynamic. He's a former MVP And he is like you, and you've said this 26 years old and you've, but you've said this multiple times on this show where the quarterback position is going, he's already
3: there. So it's, it's just, it, you know, you talk about like two first, whatever, whatever draft picks, I mean, you could give me four first round draft picks. How many of those draft picks will you spend trying to find a player of Lamar Jackson's caliber and how many of those picks are going to hit on a player of what we've already seen what Lamar Jackson is right now. It's rough. It's it's rough to, you know, if you, you know what you're getting with him, warts and all, whatever you think about him and his game, I, I just, you know, I'd much rather have that than, and pay the money. I'd much rather have that and pay the money than, you know, have a, a handful of magic beans and hope <laughs> that I can, you know, grow an, a Lamar Jackson. I, you know, I just, it just, it doesn't, it, it makes complete sense, but it doesn't make sense to me. Because, I mean, I get it. I, but I also understand it from the Cleveland standpoint. Well, while they get, you know, dumped on for making that you know they've had like thirty quarterbacks in the last twenty years. So if you feel like this guy can be the best quarterback that your franchise has had since Bernie Kosar, I mean, I you know at the most valuable, posi- valuable position in the sport, I do that because you know while there is a sticker shot to two hundred thirty million guaranteed, it's just like anything else. Aaron Rodgers is going to make damn near $60 million this year. That contract is not going to look crazy three or four years from now. It's, it, that number will be, you know, it'll be right in line. It's just like every contract. When Kirk Cousins signed his $84 million, everybody's like, oh, shock and awe. What is he, you know, but by the time he got to the end of that contract, that number was, you know, that was where the quarterback market was. Yeah. So, it, it's a lot of money like like the Mahomes contract it sounds like a, a lot of money but you know again already 45 million dollars a year for Patrick Mahomes is a steal <laughs> you know it's just those numbers you have to like suspend what you think about that number is and know that that market is it's that, that when was the last time that quarterback market went backwards right it just does you know, it's always going to, the next guy is going to be, so what is Burrow going to get? What is Herbert going to get? What is, you know, what is Trevor going to get? You know, those numbers are just going to keep going to keep escalating. So if I can get a guy that I know can play at an MVP level level and can make my running game instantly better, can make my pass um, making make my pass blocking instantly better can make my defense instantly better cuz they're not going to be on the field as much. That's all the things that you get with the Lamar Jackson package. I sign me up. <laughs> sign me up twice. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you know, there are going to be negative things coming out about him just to try and Maybe get that price down. I don't know. That that whole thing bothers me, but I get the dirty business side of things, and I hope not.
3: I hope I and hope. it it really hurts him that he. This is where the game hurts him that he doesn't have an agent. Is yeah. he that he doesn't have anybody out there, um, spinning a counter narrative um, to whatever. The Ravens narrative is or the league narrative is around and he's got it on two fronts because I definitely believe it's a league narrative that doesn't the league does not want they they have clearly stated that they don't like the 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 fully guaranteed model and will do whatever they can to not have that be the um the norm yeah and of course the players association and everybody associated with them. They want everybody. They want it to be like as much like the NBA Absolutely. as they can make it. So, you know, that, I, that is, you're right. that th- There is definitely some dirty pool um and some mud that will be slung in the, um, in the service of not fully guaranteeing Lamar's money.
2: Okay, one one last question here and and this is about Lamar. He seems to be a, a very cool dude in the community, but he doesn't seem to be maybe the biggest team cheerleader necessarily, you know, kind of the 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 person who you have doing team stuff. If you if you pay him that money, to be that guy is the expectation that maybe he does more things to present the team, to market the team than he may be comfortable doing, because that's the only thing I can think of where maybe you don't feel like you're getting your, your value is in the PR scenario of this whole thing.
3: Yeah, I, I think yeah, that's fair. I, I, it does seem that, you know, I don't know that Lamar is as corporate as you might want your quarterback to be. It seems like his teammates and dudes around the league just love him. He the players are definitely watching and not happy about the way that Lamar is being treated. Um but I can see your point that um he he's maybe not he's not Tom Brady or um you know, or, you know, or Russell Wilson, those kind of guys. And, and even like, but I don't know, Aaron Rodgers is not really that kind of, you know, he's kind of. Only working. when he wants to hang out with Pat McAfee. Yeah, he's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of, a, you know. He's kind of but even then he's like more Joe Rogan than he is Pat McAfee even. Yeah, yeah. For you sure. know, for sure. but um he's kind of out there. So, I don't know, but I think you're right though. It's, it's definitely something you know I would think franchises want that, you know, when you pay that kind of money, you know, although, you know, the 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 obvious comparison that we've just been making is Deshaun Watson is kind of hard to market. Yeah, it's it's just impossible. Just saying, Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, they, I mean, they obviously about, didn't care about that part, right? Talking talk, talk about radioactive. I mean, yeah. but it, yeah, it's just yeah that 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 Deshaun Watson contract is. You know, we're going to be talking about that for. Well, the league don't doesn't they want you to forget about it? But on um, that. <laughs> That was a, you know, you're talking about a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> that yeah, was man. it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. But, um, you know, just even with Lamar, you know, if the numbers that they're talking about, you know, they're talking about 130 guarantee, which is less than what Kyler and Russ signed, which is just ridiculous. So even if you don't want to match what the Deshaun Watson contract was, you know, the comps of Kyler and Russ – He's got to make more than both of those dudes, doesn't he? Yeah, you'd you take him over Kyler <laughs> ten, for you know, sure. ten, ten out of
2: ten times for sure. All right. Yeah. Um. All right, that was fun. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll be back in in a couple weeks to do another one of these, and you know the draft is is will be coming up sooner. Uh, once we record again, we'll figure out what we want to do around the draft. The Niners aren't even going to have picks on day one or day two, more than likely. Mm-hmm. So we'll be we'll be day three watching. And paying attention uh and then and then yeah i mean if anything happens where all of a sudden there's a there's a big move that we don't see coming then you know maybe we can get something something going as, as well but uh mm-hmm. there's a lot of fun as always i love talking to rod about this stuff he is a student of the game and you know y- you you and my son both do this thing where you go now and this is not it is not a dig in any way i think it's a, your personality where you go yeah you know i do my homework but I'm not the person who, you know, I I, I don't live in the X, Y, and Z and, and how you sort of talk about your opinion. You can say whatever the heck you want. Your opinion is so studied. Your opinion is so relevant. You do more homework than any fan that I know when it comes to this stuff. So when you speak on it, uh, you you do not need to put that little prefix to what you're saying, because I think your opinion is is so highly valued, especially to me and I'm sure to the listeners.
3: Well, I thank you. And as, as I said before, even when we started this, that, um, you know, I so value you creating a platform where that study kind of it it makes me feel like I'm not just, you know, you know, wasting my time or doing right. something that, that is not, you know, it, it. I enjoy it. So it's, you know, it's, it's cool. But now I like have a reason to do it and have a, a place to like share it. Um, you know, my opinion. And I, I know a lot of people don't agree with it and that's fine too. I like that give and take as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, thank you so much for acknowledging it and giving me a place where I can share.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we will be back in a couple weeks here, uh, unless we with some free agent signings. Hopefully, well, hopefully to yeah, talk we'll, about- have, we'll you know we'll, we'll have some news. that There will be some stuff happening, not only with the Niners but also across the NFL, which I know a lot mm-hmm. of ford Nine fans do pay attention to as well. So, all right, we'll be back a couple weeks for Rod. I am Double
0: G. We'll see when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, BlueWire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com slash BlueWire. That's WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.